If you have your Bibles today, we're going to, uh, this is going to be another one of those days that we approach just a little bit differently. Um, I thought it would be a great day to do this. Uh, we're back in Matthew chapter 5. And uh, we are going through verses 33 through 37. And here's what I realized as I was going through those verses. I thought, I don't know if I've got enough information to cover an entire Sunday school class time. So I thought we would teach this together. There's something that I've talked about before in the, in, in the context of our Sunday school class that I'd actually like to go through together because I really do think it's valuable. And this is actually a great moment to do it uh, because we are coming up on January the 1st. What happens January the 1st? Black Eyed Peas. Oh, Black Eyed Oh, I'm thinking, see, you, you, can, you can tell the different generations because she's thinking the food that you eat on New Year's Day. And I am thinking the group that, uh, <laughs> that sings pop songs today. And I'm thinking, are you going to a Black Eyed Peas concert? No, you're going to eat Black Eyed Peas. Totally. We're on totally different levels. January the 1st, obviously, New Year's Day, is a time for resolutions. And lots of people resolve to do lots of great things. Um, Lots of people resolve to go to the gym, right? And then January, the gym is packed out every day, every hour. And then around February, it's a little less. And about the middle of March... You go and you have the whole gym to yourself, right? Because people fall off. They just don't know how to keep up with it. One of the big resolutions, and I'm sure lots of people have made this kind of resolution lots of times, is I'm going to get into the Word of God on a more consistent basis. And sometimes people do that and they just, they don't know what to do. And so it gets a little frustrating. So one of the things I've talked about in a couple of classes is one of the ways to actually study the Bible individually for personal growth. So that's what we're going to kind of practice today. And if you'll remember, my method was called the what method? Does anyone remember? It's called the SOAP method, right? And so we're going to go through this little SOAP method. It's a great little acronym so that when you sit down and you really want to get the most out of what you study, you can actually use this method. It's an easy method. It works for anybody. I've used it for, I, I used it for years. I actually had a soap journal, um, and I used it for years in my soap journal. Uh, I'm not the best journaler, journaler. I'm not the best person at keeping up with journals, uh, but this idea works really well, and it's based on four, four distinct elements, obviously, one for each letter. The S would be what? Uh, So in this case, so the S would be scripture, right? So in this case, it's just a matter of recognizing what our scripture is. And our scripture is for today, Matthew 5, 33 through 37. So if you're keeping this in a journal, you could write scripture. And then right under that, you could just write the reference, uh, Matthew 5, 33 through 37. If you wanted to get really fancy, you could actually write out the entire scripture. 
and maybe commit some of it to memory. It, you could just, it, maybe it's a long passage, maybe it's a one verse, whatever it is. If it's one verse or a, a short passage, I might encourage you to write it out because then that's something you can look back on if you decide to become, uh, if you decide to begin memorizing scripture. These little bullets help you out. So that first part is scripture. The second part is observe. Uh, some of you do remember it. Uh, OB. S-E-R-V-A-T-I-O-N. Observation. And that's basically, let's read the, so we're going to read the scripture, we're going to look at the scripture, and we're going to list some of the things that jump out at us. Maybe it's nothing, maybe it's uh, something that you, lots of times I've done this, and I, as I look through the scripture, I think, I never, ever saw that. I've read it so many times, and this has never jumped out at me. So that's a great moment to say, hey, these are the things that are jumping out at me. Maybe it's something you've never seen. Maybe it's something you've seen plenty of times. Whatever. So it's observation. And this, this next part's the important part. Uh, it's an important part. You don't want to skip this part because here's where I think we often get it wrong as we commit ourselves to studying the Bible. Sure, we might read it. We might even observe the things that jump out at us. But there's something that has to happen. The Bible says not to solely be hearers of the word, but what? Doers. If we're just hearing the word, we're deceiving ourselves. We have to do something with it. So the next part is simply? The next part is simply application. What are the things that God is asking me to do, and how do I do them? Okay? And then this last part, um, P, great way to end it. That's right. And if you're journaling these things under prayer, you might put little bullet points of ways that you want to pray. And then obviously you want to pray. Hey, these are the ways I want to pray. And then, and then come before God and say, hey, God, Here's some of the things that um, I learned. Here's some of the ways I want to grow. Here's some of the ways I know you're working in me and I want to be thankful. Uh, and so this little, depending on the passage you're doing, this might take 20 or 30 minutes. And so that's what we're going to do today. I, we're going to, at a table, uh, in tables, and then together as a class, we're going to go through this little section. Uh, one of the things that, so this is how we look at the scripture, Right? One of the things that uh, I would do before I even started that is I would kind of quiet myself. And I hate using this word because sometimes it has connotations that are very mystic. But I would center myself. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, you know, I'm, not, uh, I'm not talking about mysticism and um, papa, mama. No, no. Uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. But just kind of quieting yourself so you can focus. Um, I am not quieted, if I'm honest, when I have this around me, uh, even when I'm reading scriptures, because I'll be reading scripture from here, and guess what happens? A notification will pop up. You've got an email. And I think, oh, maybe God just emailed me. I don't think that, <laughs> but I, I, I feel compelled to check it out. Right? And so uh, just find a way to quiet yourself. 
If you can turn off the notifications, I can do that. I can put a do not disturb, no notifications come up. I would do that kind of thing. So that's what we're going to try for just a few moments. Uh, we're going to, and then we're going to talk about it together uh, and see kind of what we come at, how we come at this verse together. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. And this one might drive you crazy. We are going to quiet ourselves. We're going to center ourselves. We're just going to sit uh, we did this at men's retreat, and I loved every moment of it. And I think some men hated every moment of it, but some men grew to be thankful for the moment. I don't know the last time that we individually or collectively spend an, an extended moment of silence. So every once in a while I assist in um, the, uh, the services upstairs. And there's always, uh, during that time of confession, that moment of silence. And, and some, some who assist uh, during that moment are very quick. And there's, they say, okay, and uh, now we, uh, we come to you confessing our sins in silence. Thank you, Lord. And I like the silence is really short. I'm like, I just started confessing. I need a little bit more time. I like, I like to go into that moment because we don't like silence. Silence is uncomfortable. I like to extend that moment of silence just long enough to where people are like, did he forget about us? Just long enough to be uncomfortable because it reminds us to some degree that we are unworthy of coming into the presence of God, but for the grace of God. So we're going to start with just we're going to start with three minutes of silence and then I'll give you instructions from there. So during these three minutes, uh, you can sit, you can pray, you can confess You can uh, do anything but be on Facebook and talk to your neighbor. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Three. Let's. We'll start with a prayer and then go into three minutes of silence. Lord, we come before you and we're thankful again. We ask that you would speak to us today as we learn to dig deeper into your word. We give you praise even in these moments of silence. We ask that you would continue to speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We already said what it is. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 through 37. It's actually not that long of a passage. Uh, and it, it's, the title on mine says Oaths. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it in the uh, ESV, uh, because that's the version I have, because that's just the best version available. You can't spell saved without ESV. I like this version a whole lot. Um, so I'm going to read it. If you have a different version, I would love to hear what your version might say after I, after I read it. So it says, oh, it's, um, Matthew 5, 33 through 37. It says, again, you have heard it said to those of old, you will not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more comes from evil. Does anyone have a different version that says anything different? I like the way that ends it. It says the evil one. Great. Anybody else? Any other, anything different than that? Okay. So that's the scripture part, right? 
So let's go to observation. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to turn in your table and talk at your table for just a minute. What jumps out at you? Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a phrase. Maybe it's an idea. Maybe it's a question. What is it that jumps out at you from these verses? So uh, just a few minutes right there where you are, and then we'll get kind of uh, some feedback from everybody. But I want everyone at their tables to say, hey, what are some of the things that jump out at you? Go ahead. Right there at your table. Okay. Let's see some of the things we came up with. I've got a, I've got a couple of observations on my own. But I want to see what are some of the things that jumped out to you. A word, a phrase, an idea, a question. Well, is that a yes or is that a no? Yeah. So yeah, that really yeah. jumped out. Yeah, that jumped out at you. It, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That jumps out at me too because uh, I, I've, been, I, I've been doing ministry for 21 years and I've been a lead pastor for 15 of those years. And I remember asking people, hey, so are we going to see you in church on Sunday? And when the answer was maybe, I knew the answer really wasn't maybe. I knew the answer really was no, but they just didn't have the, the, the intestinal fortitude to look at their pastor and say, no, I will not be in church on Sunday. So I like that. So, something else that jumps out at you. Yes, ma'am. I love that. That's one of the things that jumps out at me. God is in control. God's in control. I, I love it. Don't swear by heaven because you're not in control of heaven. Is basically what he says, right? And he says, don't swear by earth because you're not in control of earth. Don't even swear by Jerusalem, your holy city, because ultimately that's not your holy city. That is God's holy city. And don't even swear by your head because you have zero control over that either. You can't turn a hair black or white or you can't even grow one. (laughs) Rogaine or no Rogaine, you can't grow one without God saying... That hair needs to grow in that place. So there's this idea of God always being in control. I love that. And, and we always did, if we took an oath, it always ended, so help me God. And if we took an oath, we said, ultimately, we said, so help me God. That's right, because ultimately, it isn't even in my power to decide what I'll do tomorrow. It's in the power of God. Excellent. Yes, ma'am. Okay? Um, This scripture, or why do we take an oath in church to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Great question. I open it up to the class to see what kind of answer can we come up with. Mm -hmm. Right. Great. So when we just swear in the context of interpersonal communication, ultimately we're going to break that oath just because it's human nature to break that oath. Great observation. What about in the context? Why would I have to swear by an oath that I'm telling you the truth? Why would I have to say, Biff, I swear I wouldn't lie to you. Why would I have to do that? Because I have a tendency to lie. 
So what this is, what this is real, the context of this is really that idea of not just not swearing, but part of it is that idea of not needing to swear in the context of communicating with those around me. Because guess what? Steve should know that Orlando is a godly and honest man that if he says, you know what, I am going to... uh, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to borrow your, I'm going to borrow your, your lawnmower, Steve, and I'm going to bring it back tomorrow. Steve doesn't have to say, Orlando, do you swear? Because Steve knows Orlando is godly and honest. Does that make sense? Steve should know Orlando well enough and know Orlando's character. That, and if he doesn't think Orlando is godly and honest, then he's going to say, hey, Orlando, you said you'd bring my lawnmower back. Do you swear? I swear. Courts is, the court is a totally different context because it's not built on relationship. And I think that's the big difference, the being built on relationship. In the context of court, I don't know who's sitting before me, maybe, and I want you to be, I want to be sure that you understand the gravity of what's going on and the necessity to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Does that answer that question a little bit? Yeah. Swearing to tell our perception of the truth. I think that's interesting. Uh, what we are swearing to is, is our perception. Interesting. Very good. Uh, anybody else? Anything else that jumps out at you? Do they still place hands on Bible in court? No. No? They used to, but, but, uh, but I don't think they do that. I think too many people were, it was just too much. Anything else? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, taking oaths in the context of fraternal organizations or some kind of entity that wants you to swear allegiance to them. What's my take on it? I'll give you my take. But first, guess what we get to do? We get to see what the class thinks. I, I, I like doing that because I could give you an answer and then we could just move on. But I could also make you think about it a little bit and have you form an opinion. What do you think in that context? So I wouldn't swear an oath if it wasn't in keeping with my character and who I am deepest in my character ultimately as I'm a child of God. And I think that's a great way to answer the question because if you're, if you're making me swear an allegiance to you or your organization and you want me to put that organization or you above who, I, who God is to me, I can't do that. And so I think it just, there's this gray area that individually we have to decide. Is this oath something that I can actually feel comfortable supporting because it is part of who I am? Or is this something that I really, it, it, if it makes me think twice, I probably shouldn't be taking it. Yeah, that, definitely. That's not necessarily a spiritual element. And that's why I say it's kind of this gray line because it isn't really the spiritual element. But they want to be able to say, oh, you didn't live up to your promise. Leave your money, but get out. You know, and so excellent point. Excellent point. Anything else? Any other observation that, has re- that really jumped out at you? Is that a promise or is it an oath? 
Okay. Marriage and baptism. Is that a promise? Is that an oath? Can we do... Can, can, because ultimately, we, I, got, I, I'll, I have to tell this story because it, it makes me so happy. I have never done... So I got to do my first Presbyterian baptism about a month and a half ago uh, with a young lady from the children's home. Uh, she's like, uh, I'd like to be baptized and I'd like Orlando to baptize me. And I thought, oh my goodness, how amazing. So I got to do my first Presbyterian baptism of a teenage girl. And then last week, oh, this was so special to me. I got to do my first infant baptism. I got to baptize Ayla. Ayla Esler. Oh, and I was up there and I'm all weepy. It was, it was, it was, I'm all weepy because I love the Esslers and I love Ayla. And I'm like, Ayla Ruth Esler, child of the covenant. You know, it's just an emotional moment, right? And in that moment, I know that one of the things we do here is there's a question directed to the congregation. And that question is, do you promise that you're going to do your part as a congregation to really raise Ayla up in the ways of the Lord? Because ultimately, some of you will be her Sunday school teachers or her youth group leaders or her small group leaders. And, are you go- and, and then the congregation says, yes, we do, right? What about a moment like that is the question? Or what about a moment like marriage? Uh, do you promise to uh, have her uh, in sickness and health? For richer, for poorer? For better, for worse? Till death do you part. And then uh, the, the answer is, I do. Hopefully the answer is, I do. Right? So what about those moments? Great question. What about those moments? Okay. Great, you're swearing by your faith. It's not a secular moment like in court. I think I heard something over here. Uh, oh, Miss Tamala, what did you say? So basically, in that moment, what I'm doing is I'm entering into a covenant. And that's, that's a huge difference. Um, it's almost like saying, because if, if we took this too far, we would be saying, you know what, no one can sign a contract. Because guess what a contract is? It's a promise, it's an oath, it's a, I swear I'm going to do this. Well, then we shouldn't be signing contracts. That is not the context of what we're talking about. Things like these covenants are, uh, are something totally different. It's apples and, and oranges. Something like this where it's, I'm promising that I'm telling the truth, I promise I'm going to do this, I promise I'm going to do this. We are taking commitments, ultimately, that we may or may not be able to fulfill. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. I promise you on my, on, on, on my grandmother's life. Well, you don't even control your grandmother's life. How are you going to make a commitment based on your grandmother's life? That's, that, that's why that part of, hey, don't even promise by heaven. I promise you by heaven that I'm going to X, Y, Z. Well, you're not in control of heaven, so you can't make that promise. I promise you by Jerusalem that X, Y, you can't do that. Because you have no control over that. I hope that kind of answers that question. We're making a commitment, a contract, a covenant. And that's what we're doing in that moment. Anything else that stands out to you? Yes, ma'am, in the very back. Okay. A covenant, ultimately, is a... How do I explain? I'm trying to look for the best way to. Now I'm now I now I want to ask the class just because uh, the class is because uh, I don't have a, the best way to formulate an answer. Oh, there's an answer right there. Yes, are eternal. That's a great. That's a great one of the great aspects of covenants. Ultimately, involve God. 
True covenants involve God, and it's a commitment to God and God with us. And here's, here's, here's the biggest difference between a covenant and maybe a contract or a promise. I, I, I really can break a contract. There's lawyers in here, I'm sure, that can fi- help me find a loophole to just about anything, right? I can break a contract. Ultimately, I can break a promise and be like, oh, I'm just not going to do it. But a covenant really has this gravity of, even if you're not going to do it, that responsibility is still on you forever and ever. That's the easiest way I can talk, uh, make that distinction. Great. So let's move on really quick to application. So as we look at some of these observations, as we look at these scriptures, and what you could do if you wanted to is you could find others. I'm sure your Bible has a, a, a cross-reference in the middle or at the bottom. Um, and you can go to other verses that talk about this, and you can develop observations about that. Uh, application. What do we do with this? Be careful. Say that again. Be careful. Be careful in... Watch my words. I think that's a great application. You know what? I don't think we always take that into consideration. I think sometimes we say things without thinking. Okay, let me clarify. I know I sometimes say things without thinking, right? I say things without thinking. I say things without considering the gravity of my words. And I need to be careful. These words aren't just throwaway words. These words have meaning. I think in the the wedding vows that happens. You're right. You're standing up there and you just say it. And we need to be careful with... Don't really think through it. Think through the words you say and the commitments you make. That's great. Uh, Another application. After 58 years in Yeah, he's now thinking, I'm not sure I I totally meant that. That's great. That's great. Other applications. How else can we apply some of the things we've been talking about? Okay. There we go. I like that application. Say yes or no. We want to make all these qualifications. Yeah, we make a federal case. We want to have all these qualifications. Yes, if the sun and the moon are aligned and there are enough stars out in the sky and we make all these qualifications. And that's not who we are as Christian men and women. Our yes is yes, our no is no, period. Great. Dan, were you going to say something? I love that application. Our, Our words affect our trustworthiness. And our testimony, and so we need to keep in mind that. Ex- that yes. So I think I think an application is thoughtful consideration of the commitments we make. I think that's a great application. I'm going to think about this, and I'm not just going to say yes because I want to make Nancy happy, because sometimes we do that. I, I say yes just because I don't want to tell Nancy no, and I say yes, and then I don't really think about whether or not I can fulfill that commitment. So I think that's a great application. Anybody else? Application. For me, one of the applications is I need to remind myself that I am not in control. I am not God. And so um, that's an application for me. I need to release things to the God who is God instead of trying to control them on my own, because ultimately I have zero control over heaven and earth or Jerusalem or even the hair's um, if there were any on my head. Anybody else? 
Really quick before we go to the Lord in prayer. Well, I just thought of it, what I tell myself. I will do it if the Lord wills and the creek don't rise. That's right. That's right. I'll do it if the Lord wills and the creek don't rise. If that is not putting a qualification on something, I don't know what is. Yes, ma'am. Oh, interesting. The creek isn't what we uh, think of as water. It originated with the creek Indians. Interesting. Interesting. I hope, I hope that uh, at least walking through some of this soap process is beneficial to you. If it's not beneficial to you, I'm sorry. Uh, you can keep it in your back pocket. And when you're talking, because this works with anybody. It'll work with someone who's been in the church for a long time. It'll work with a brand new Christian to sit down and say, hey, here's a great way you can study the Bible. So let's go to Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you because we can get into the scripture and dig on our own. Uh, it's wonderful to do it in this classroom setting, but it's important for us to do it even at home on our own. So our prayer is that you would allow us to be uh, good scholars, uh, divining rightly the word of God. We pray that you would give us a hunger to get into the word and to dig deep. But we also pray that you wouldn't make us just hearers of the word, but doers that we would find application in whatever we read so that our lives might be transformed into the image of Christ. We give you thanks and praise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.